you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalms 91 this morning. I want to read this psalm. I want to share a message just for a few minutes called Protective Measures. How do I protect myself in times like these? This is why I spend so much time trying to get you into God's Word. It's the Word of God that sustains you in times like this. That's what sustains you. That's what anchors you. That's what keeps you from being fearful and afraid. Because you've read the end of the, end of the book and you find out we win. Amen? So I encourage you to make God's Word a priority. Let's read this together. I'm going to read all 16 verses. And I'm reading it from the New King James Version. It says, Now, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now let me draw out the following scriptures and read them to you from the New Living Translation, which is a paraphrase which helps us just better understand the text. Verses 1, 2, and 3. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. See, this is God's word. It's alive, it's powerful, it's living, and you can claim this word. You ought to get you a sign and say, this house is protected by the 91st Psalm, put it on your door. You say, well, pastor, that, that's being presumptuous. No, that's, just, that's a declaration, a bold declaration of faith. Let's look at verses 9 and 10 from the New Living Translation. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, verse 10, no evil will conquer you and no plague will come near your home. Hallelujah. See, we live in a fear-driven society. How do we respond to the coronavirus? I was amazed that I could even spell it. I believe the Word of God has the answer. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid. The Apostle Paul wrote these words of encouragement to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. This morning I've come to offer you some sound biblical protective measures 
How can I protect myself against this COVID-19 virus? Well, you have several weapons to use. Number one, you have the power of the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's saving power and there's healing power in the blood of Jesus. Number two, you can put on the whole armor of God. That just simply means you're dressed for battle. Number three, you have the 91st Psalm, which is the protective Psalm. Number four, you have the word of your testimony. And number five, you have the authority of the name of Jesus. I've come to tell you that we have authority in the name of Jesus. We can claim the word. We can stand on the word. We can live the word. We can believe the word. And the word will make a way for us in this season and in this time. So I believe we have the ability to pray the scriptures over every circumstance that comes into our life. This is why I strive to get you into the word so that you won't give in to fear. 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Hebrews 4, 12 says, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This virus, this sickness, has caused panic in international markets. One day the stock market's up a trillion, the next day it's down, and it's going to continue for a few weeks. But we don't, have to, we don't have to be moved by what the stock market does. We don't have to be moved by what the international markets do. The world is panicked. People are rushing out and hoarding up stuff as if there's some kind of plague going to touch this nation and things are not going to get back to normal. But I've come to tell you as believers, we don't look to the news. We look beyond the news to the heavens. We look into the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. Professional and college sports are canceling games. I thought about uh, the Lander basketball. They've had one of the best years they've had. I was reading that in the Index Journal. So I was reading, though, where they had won their last 22 of 24 games, and they were looking for, And I thought about the seniors looking forward to playing in the postseason. See, those are things that will, will be with you for the rest of your life. And all of a sudden, they're robbed of that. Now, my heart goes out to that. Now, if, uh, you know, if somebody wants to isolate me for two weeks at the beach... I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. So there's fear and panic everywhere. Some cities are even asking churches to cancel their services and public gatherings for several weeks. How do we respond to the worldwide outbreak of this virus? We respond with faith. Mark eleven twenty two says, Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And then Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In challenging times, we must remember the goodness of God. James 1.17 says every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadows of turning. You say, where did this virus originate? Is this judgment? I don't think so. I think it's from the enemy. Some believe it. China cooked it up and I don't know. We, we won't get into conspiracy theories this morning. I had a whole conversation with somebody about that this weekend. But here's what I know. Anything that brings death and destruction is not from the Lord. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I'm, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
And listen, the Bible says God has his way in the whirlwind. That don't mean that God always sends the whirlwind, but God will have his way in the storm. Listen, God's going to have his way in this storm that's touching our nation today. We're in the decade of declaration. We must learn how to speak the word of God over every circumstance in faith. This morning, I want to offer you some protective measures. The world is watching. This is our time to renounce fear and rise up in faith. We must be dressed for battle, and we must learn how to declare our victory. So let me give you two points this morning. Number one, we must be dressed for battle. We're engaged in a spiritual conflict. It is a real warfare. We're engaged with a literal enemy. We have an adversary. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Ephesians 6, 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Somebody said, are you preaching positive confession? No, I'm preaching scriptural confession. I'm not just trying to think positive and think good thoughts. I'm trying to take the word of God which is living and powerful and I'm replacing my bad thoughts and my fearful thoughts and, and my anxiety. I'm replacing that and I'm learning how to speak the word of God over my circumstance. You say, well, pastor, what happens if I get sick? You go to that book, you find every healing scripture you can find and you begin to declare that over your body. You look up to the Lord. Now listen, I've had times I had a pinched nerve some time ago. That thing was the most painful thing I've ever walked through in my life and I mean every day, every night, I looked and I just laid hands on my myself I said by his stripes I was healed in Jesus name you see you learn how to counter the weapon of the enemy with the word of God this business that we just got to take anything and everything and lay down for it and somehow that's God's will people come tell me God put this sickness on me pastor because he wants to teach me something well that's not in the Bible the Holy Spirit's my teacher well he wants to keep you humble the Bible says humble yourself you can humble yourself. You can get down before God, recognize your own spiritual poverty. I'm trying to teach you how to live by faith and walk by faith. You see, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Second Peter 4, 7, I fought the good fight. It's a good fight. I haven't been in many fights that were good fights. Even sometimes if you win the fight, you're still a mess. You ever watch boxing? Two boxers going at it. One may win the fight, but all of them have black eyes and bruises and bumps. I'm the champion. I'm the world champion. You're going to be disfigured the rest of your life, but you, you got the belt. <laughs> it was a fight, but it wasn't a good fight. You see, Jesus is our captain. Joshua 5, 13 and 14 says, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. As soldiers, we need to be dressed for battle. A well-meaning person once told Beth and I in a conference, said, you need to learn how to power dress. I don't even know what that means. I thought you dressed to be comfortable. Power dress. People take empowerment classes. They go to power lunches. The world's enamored with power, but they look for it in the wrong places. 
This morning, I'm going to teach you how to really power dress. Is that all right? Ephesians 6, 10 through 19. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, verse 11, that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That word wiles there means the cunning devices, the strategies of the devil. Verse 12, for we not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The enemy we wrestle against is an unseen enemy. Now, who would have dreamed that this little virus that we can't see with our naked eye could close down all of the stuff that it's closed down, schools and, and, and concerts. And I mean, listen, when, when they cancel March Madness and the NCAA tournament, and all, I mean, things are serious in this nation. And all because of an unseen virus. So we wrestle against an unseen enemy. Verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, my wife is always trying to make me look better. Not long ago, she was in Anderson, and she texted me a picture. I'm going to buy you this pair of shoes. I said, don't buy me that pair of shoes. I'm not going to wear them. You have to lace them up. I'm too old to be wearing lace-up shoes. You go to the airport, you got to unlace them, take them off, put them on. And, no, get you some slip-on shoes. Slip-on shoes are the anointed shoes. Everything else is not anointed. Amen. She said, yeah, but they'll look good. They'll look good with jeans. I said, it don't matter what they look like. I don't want to wear them. I don't want to be tying my shoes. I learned to do that when I was a child. I had enough of that. Amen. Some of you are saying, you need a makeover, Pastor Beth. Please keep trying. Amen. Look at verse 18, what it says. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this and all, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. There are five pieces of armor for defensive warfare and only one for offensive warfare in this scripture. So how do we dress for battle? We put on the whole armor of God. It begins in verse 14 with the belt of truth. As the belt encompassed the waist of the soldier, so truth must encompass our whole life. There must be no hypocrisy unreality, insincerity, or compromise in our life. Secondly is the breastplate of righteousness, verse 14. This covers every vital organ. And we must stand firm in Christ who is our righteousness and we must be righteous in our lives. Number three is the shoes of preparation. When tempted and tried, we're sustained by the experience of Philippians 4, 7 and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The next is the shield of faith. Just as the shield can protect each part of the body, so faith must operate in respect to each part of our life. Verse 17 talks about the helmet of salvation. An unprotected mind is a ready prey to Satan's deceptions, delusions, and defilements. The Bible says we to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. How do we do that? By meditating and studying the word of God. And then 17 is the offensive weapon, and that is the sword of the Spirit. For the Word of God is living, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. You can use this not just as a defense, but you can use this as a weapon. Remember when Jesus was being tempted on the Mount of Temptation? 
The Mount of Temptation is, is, is where Jericho is. And you can go there today. You, you can get on a little tram and ride up the mountain, and you can go up there on that barren place, and there's a monastery up there and a gift shop. They'll say you commemorative coins and all that kind of stuff, you know. We Christians will build a gift shop right there at the, you know, at the holiest of all places. But on that Mount of Temptation, when Satan came, Jesus used the word of God as a weapon. When he said certain things, he said, it is written. How to overcome temptation? The sword of the spirit. So we must be dressed for battle. But then secondly, note this. We must declare our victory. We must be a people of declaration. This is the decade of declaration. This is the time to speak our faith. This is the time to testify. This is the time to learn how to speak the word of God. Job 2.28, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Notice what he says. You will declare a thing. Early in the year, I made this statement in a message we have just entered the Hebrew year 5780. This is a new decade. The Hebrew word letter for 80 is pay. Pay is a picture of the mouth. The last decade was about seeing, iron. This decade is about speaking. This will be a decade to say what needs to be said. So we must testify, prophesy, and decree the word of the Lord. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the word, by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. You know that in Wuhan, China, where this thing originated, where they had such an outbreak that they had to bring in temporary hospitals and military hospitals and to try to get a handle on this virus. And, and we saw satellite images where they brought in cremation-type equipment where they could cremate people that are dead. We will never know the, the height of that virus in China. They will never tell us how many had it or how many died. They will never be honest about it in that society. And they brought doctors in, and the one doctor that really discovered this died as well. And there were many deaths, but in the midst of that, did you know that the Christians in Wuhan refused to evacuate, refused to leave, and stayed right there? They worked right in the midst of all that, taking care of the people, ministering to the people, and praying for the people. What did they do? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of the testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. In a recent time of prayer, the Lord told me, he said, don't be moved by what you see, but be moved by what I say. We have to learn how to speak words of faith. Psalms 141.3 said, A guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Hebrews 4.14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We must make a declaration of victory. When Balaam was hired by Balak, the king of Moab, to curse Israel, God would not allow him to curse his covenant people. You remember, Balak built seven altars. They did all kinds of things. And every time Balaam went to, to curse them, God would only allow him to bless them. See, the enemy's always trying to curse us. And God said, oh, no, no, that's, he belongs to me. You can't curse him. You can't curse what I've blessed. Listen to what, what the scripture says. In Numbers 23, 8, he says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? Mm, that's good. And then listen to the words in Numbers 23, 21. Listen to what he says. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. The shout of a king is among them. I want you to hear that. Who is this king? Well, I'll tell you who he is. You see, our enemy may, may try to curse us, but we have the shout of a king among us. 
Who is this king of glory? He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the, known, he's the one mediator between God and man. He's the lover of my soul. He's the, he's the ancient of days. His name is Jesus. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for you and I right now. I'm telling you, and he's soon coming back again to receive his bride unto himself. This 91st Psalm is known as the protection psalm. We can pray the scriptures. One of the most effective ways to pray is to pray the word of God. Take the word of God, open it up, pray it. Put your name in it. Look at Numbers 23, 8 again. How shall I curse Terry and Beth and Michaela whom God has not cursed? Put your name in it. Put your family's name in that. How shall I denounce Terry, Beth, and Michaela whom God has not denounced? The shout of a king is among us. Put your sign up on your door. The shout of a king is in this house. You remember when the death angel came to Egypt, they put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Just go out there and put your sign up. It says the shout of a king is in this house. A lot of times people will pull up, especially in the south here, you know, where all of us have guns. They'll have a sticker on the back of their car. This car is protected by Smith & Wesson. Anybody seen that? Some folks got it at their house. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, won't you just... Turn that around and say, this house is protected by Psalms 91. Claim that psalm over your house. Judson Cornwall says, when we pray the pure word of God, we open ourselves to pure faith and we cannot help but get involved in pure prayer. The believer who learns the discipline of praying the scriptures will be introduced to a new power and a greater understanding of his or her inheritance in Christ. So what are the benefits of praying the, the, in the, the scriptures? Well, number one, it will bring life to our circumstances. Praying the scriptures will bring life to our prayer life. I just usually get a scripture and stand on it and believe it and trust it. I'll just keep that scripture. I'll quote that scripture and I'll pray that scripture back to the Father. I'll say, Lord, this is what you said in your word. Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, 25, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Praying the word of God will enable you to pray the will of God. Well, what is God's will? It's revealed right here in the word. People tell me, Pastor, I'm going to start witnessing to people when the Holy Spirit leads me. I said, the Holy Spirit's not going to lead you. He's already told you to do it in his word. You've got instruction right there. John eleven twenty five. 25, I'm the resurrection and the life. He's the life. He's the resurrection. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I've sent it. Listen to this statement. The word of God is pure, full of hope, and heaven sent and it accomplishes what it is sent out to do. Now I'm going to end with this simply, the 91st Psalm again. And I want you to take that prayer. And I want you to open your Bible this week. And I want you to read that Psalm. Get that Psalm down in your spirit, man. Get that Psalm down inside of you. And we're still praying, seek God for the city. I'm still putting things up about that to encourage you. And I thought, what a time to be praying for our city. Psalms 91 says this, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor of the air that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. 
No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. We can make this our prayer declaration today in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody and say amen. Stand with me this morning.